0: Welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, entrepreneur, and brand strategist. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring conversations that will help you expand your mind, align with your purpose, and take action toward creating a life you love. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. I hope wherever you're listening, you're having a beautiful day. Happy October! Here we are! Can you believe it? It's October, the month of change. I am recording this intro on the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. The leaves are changing, the weather is changing, the moods are changing, which is why I am so excited to share this episode with you today. It's all about changing your mind. Today I am chatting with my friend Amanda Charles, who is the psychic psychologist. Amanda has so many titles, I will link them all in the show notes. Uh, Just to be quick, she is a registered psychologist, an NLP practitioner, a hypnotherapist, a healer, and a psychic medium. And today's conversation is a good one. We cover so much in this episode. We talk about vibration, mindset, transformation, and the most important, how to move through fear and make lasting change. This is a fabulous episode. It's one of my favorite interviews so far. I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, please let me know your takeaways. Um, Tag me on Instagram. Take a screenshot. Let us know what you think. Tag Amanda as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Amanda Charles. Well, today I am so happy to welcome my friend Amanda Charles to the podcast. Hi,
1: Amanda. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you thank you for having me here.
0: Amanda, let me start by asking you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and who you help.
1: Okay. So, I am a chartered counselling psychologist and registered practitioner psychologist and I've been working for over two decades now, which is frightening to admit, uh, with clients in private practice. As a counselling psychologist, I use all the various forms of therapy, so I very much tailor my approach to whatever the, the client is needing in their presenting issue. Um, and alongside that, I'm kind of trained in hypnotherapy and NLP and life coaching. Um, but there's also another part of me that I've kind of um, not necessarily uh, brought into my professional Uh, world until more recently which is a more shall we say intuitive side Mm -hmm. and I have um, recently gone online as the branded as the psychic psychologist and I'm kind of pulling together kind of bridging the gap between the world of psychology with its science-based fact you know uh, treatment protocols alongside more uh, intuitive practices so I'm kind of a, a healer I'm um, able to kind of connect in with other vibrational frequencies to kind of gain information uh, can do kind of mediumship that kind of thing but it's kind of where you um, say the information is coming from uh, that's that's the issue for me I'm very much about helping people learn to connect in with their 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 inner selves, with their kind of um, more intuitive sides of themselves so that they can kind of help um, their own mental, physical, emotional, relational um, difficulties in their lives, get, get more connection really. That's the basis of, of wellness and, and health.
0: So this is what makes you so interesting because I was <laughs> wondering if, whoops, there we go. I was wondering if you were going to bring up the new, Branding of psychic psychology. I was going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up.
1: Well you know it's taken a long time for me to own that side of me and so I'm just going to go out there with it now and it's a massive part of, of what I'm doing since I've connected in with that I'm now working globally so I've got clients I've got a couple of clients in Canada I'm, I've got some in LA, uh, Spain you know so it's kind of brand, I've branched out now very much so so I, I can't disown it anymore and well, that's it's, it's I very was- much part of my journey.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Did you just blow up after you came out? Came came out? I'll put in air quotes (laughs) as the psychic psychologist.
1: Well, I came out very tentatively. Um, I I I wasn't ready to own it at that point. So so basically, just to kind of recap a little bit, it's been it's been present my whole life. So even as a child, I was able to kind of see down timelines. I would know what was kind of precognitively what was about to happen in my life or kind of ten years down the road and um it was almost like a carpet would unroll and I could kind of see see what was ahead and often you know as a child I'd be saying to my parents oh if you do this then this will happen so I don't think you should do that you should do this blah 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 blah. and of course you know what parents can listen to their young child directing their Mm -hmm. their lives but unfortunately they didn't listen to me and and numerous things happened that as predicted and um I would also be kind of um, around certain people and I would start feeling things in my body. I could kind of feel this energy and I'd be aware of people that were unwell before they were aware that they were unwell and um, all these kind of things that were there. But I was a child, so I didn't kind of know what was happening and Mm -hmm. there was nobody really to talk to about it. And it all seemed a little bit strange. So I kind of pushed it to one side. Um, but various things happened throughout my life that kind of pulled me back onto that path. I um, became very poorly actually. But whilst at university, you know, by the age of 21, I'd had numerous operations for endometriosis. I had a, 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 a tumour on my pituitary gland as well that made me very, very poorly. And what I started to realise was that when I lived out of alignment with my true calling, shall we say, mm-hmm. then I would be, uh, I suppose, living inauthentically and so would manifest illness uh, within within my body. It was kind of like a process, the process of change. Um, I would manifest illness in my body that, I, that would then shift me back onto the more spiritual timeline in order to kind of recover. And that process kind of continued on, um, you know, the denial of the, the psychic side, and focusing in on science, so I went off and did my psychology degree. I went to work for Reuters. I was working in leadership development, change management, that kind of thing, and um, I, you know, that that allowed that part of me just to kind of lay dormant, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, at the age of twenty nine, I was pregnant with my second daughter, and. Um, Two months into the pregnancy, my sister-in-law died. Three months into the pregnancy, my mum died. Five months into the pregnancy, my brother-in-law died. My dad's best friend, I had a very traumatic birth obviously thinking one of us was going to die. Then nine weeks later, my brother died at 36. Then my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer and we nursed him through. He died. And my own father was diagnosed with a very rare brain disease. And then for the next 10 years, he progressively lost all functioning until he was totally locked in his body and unable to, to move. So the whole process of that the traumas the repeated traumas and um needing to push on and be there for my clients be there to do my doctorate to um look after the children giving out so much meant that i again neglected myself and so also became very ill i um had mitochondrial issues um chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, you you kind of name it, it all manifested to to the degree that I was carrying so much unprocessed emotion that I I just couldn't carry anymore. And my my legs would buckle from underneath me. I couldn't walk. um, I was unable to function. And the reality is I think I kind of stepped out of my timeline totally I was lost and not really living my life. I was here functioning for anyone and everyone around me, but was stuck in a in a place um, where I wasn't able to to own who I am. And so, part of owning the psychic psychologist is very much for me uh, owning, bringing together all of all of all of that, so that I can move forward and live a, a happy, healthy, well. Life because I, I, I see it in my clients too. You know, when people are living authentically, when they're not connecting in with their their, their true calling, as it were, then they're often manifesting in illness. And um, that's certainly what I'm here to try to prevent through the connected self. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes,
0: it so makes sense. And actually, I read somewhere that when you're um, burying emotion, when you're putting, when you're caring for others, it tends to manifest in the endocrine system, in the reproductive system, which is yeah. interesting. That when you were saying about the pituitary, the endometriosis, I've read some, I don't, can't remember where I read that, but I, but I remember thinking because when I was a, um, a young girl, I had a lot of cystic problems with my ovaries. Mm-hmm. And I found with taking care of my mother, I was always putting, those the needs of others ahead of my own and it just looking back it's like oh, oh that makes sense now
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah because it, it, it does it knocks out the endocrine system you've got all the, the fight or flight response that gets activated all that cortisol in the body um you know your um body can only produce so many hormones and if you if you're in trauma if you're in a trauma cycle if you are in fight or flight, then your body has to prioritize making those hormones in order for you to kind of stay alive, as it were, kind of historically. Mm. And so yeah, it does, it knocks out all of the other hormones. But I have another take on the pituitary gland, because Mm. um, bringing in the psychic part of things, you know, the pituitary gland is actually meant to be the physical organ of the third eye. So the third eye, meaning that, you know, the within the energy uh, body is that part that kind of opens the doorway into the the more kind of psychic realm, as they say. And so I believe that I manifested that through shutting that down. I closed it, kept closing it down, closing the door down, disengaging from it, disowning it. And as a result, I believe that I manifested that, that I actually ended up with two tumours the second time I did that as well. Um, That, that, that kind of closed down and caused the the tumours. And actually it was, There's a very nice story that relates in with that, in that I, um, it was through connecting back in with myself and consciously um, visualizing and connecting in with the kind of vibrational energy of healing and actively visualizing that the tumor. recovering when I, this was 21, I'd read Deepak Chopra, Quantum Healing and various other things at 21. Mm -hmm. So I started working on myself and it was through doing that, that I actually, and and opening that doorway again, that I actually manifested the the healing. I um, had gone back to my endocrinologist and he he wrote in my notes, you know, my, my levels of prolactin, which the tumor was producing, had got so bad. They were kind of, it was like 15,000 of whatever the um, measurement is. Mm-hmm. And the next time I'd gone, a, a while later after I'd done all the healing, uh, it was less than 10. And he was just like spontaneous recovery, question mark, question mark. He just had no answer for it. So, you know, there's a lot that more That is out- so, That is
0: so interesting. So the difference between... So being psychic, is that connecting to metaphysics and quantum fields or how do you, you mentioned that you, okay, so I have two questions. One, I have to go back for one, all that trauma. And did you foresee that coming? Did you know it was coming?
1: I knew from a young age um, that I was here to help people to help themselves. And I knew that as part of that, I was going to go through a lot of suffering so um, in terms of the specifics from for, for that, I didn't know in advance. Like, I, I seem to get things 10 years in advance. You know, I knew when I met my husband that in 10 years' time, he was going to cheat on me with someone that looked exactly the same of me as me. I knew how old she was going to be, where she would live, etc. So I can see things like that. But this, I think I wasn't meant to see. The night before my brother died, you know, that was totally out of the blue. I felt very protective over him and you know felt a need to call him back and um that morning you know knew something had happened before my my father even phoned me to tell me in fact I told him so um I do believe you know there's lots of experiments that they're doing in parapsychology to do with um precognition and they have these um random number generators all over the world in fact even in the sea and they these random number generators actually can predict major emotional events that happen you know like if there's been an if there's if there's an earthquake obviously that affects us on an emotional level and these they found that these random number generators um they, they, they change in advance of these life events um as a result of a change, well, I don't necessarily know. As a result of the change in energy, but they pick up something that occurs uh, it, th- th- that's different prior to a lot of these events. So why wouldn't we as humans be able to do the same? So um, do you think everyone has
0: like a little bit of psychic ability, or do you think that just if you're close with someone, you have a tie to them in this life, or like, or do you think like after you've explored and 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 um, embraced this gift that you have and come out and shared it with the world do you like do you think it was a gift? Do you think you were this is your purpose
1: i think um, I certainly think it's kind of my purpose. I think i'm meant to help people learn to connect into their own gifts as it were. Um, I do believe we're all able to connect in, absolutely. But like um, any uh, sense, i see it as a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us are more in tune with, with it than others. So some people have better eyesight. Some people have better hearing. Um, uh, uh, some people can't hear, you know. So I think that we're able to develop this, but some people will have a natural affinity with it um, and others won't. And often that can be down to their belief model you know if you don't believe something is possible then then it's you're never going to be able to kind of connect in with it but if you have an open mind if you are able to kind of step back and follow the steps then I don't see why there's no reason um anyone can kind of pick it up really um, but like you you were about to ask me a question to do with this is to do
0: with kind of metaphysics and when you were mentioned something about um picking up vibrations from people yeah yeah is that how- metaphysics or I've heard that um, disease can manifest in the body in certain ways, and that's a metaphysical way of looking. Can you expand a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the way the way I look at it is, we are a physical body. We are solid. We are matter, and that's because we are. Vi- we full of atoms. In fact, I looked it up the other day. We have seven octillion atoms within our body and the quantum is at a subatomic level and so within those seven octillion atoms that we're made up of um we have this other energy layer we have this other dimension to us and so i very much see that uh we kind of resonate on a number of different levels so we're aware of this physical level because this is the kind of the slower vibrating field this is our solid form um, but just like, um, water, you know, when the water molecules are slowed down, we've got ice, when we speed the molecules up, then we've got water and we speed them up even further. And then we've got steam and that's kind of the way I believe our bodies are. So we have a, an energy body and, um, it's through being able to right r- increase our vibrations that we can enter into the, the energy bodies. There's a number of them. And access information. So I don't know whether you've seen on um, the the psychic psychologist page. There's a video that I posted a, a demonstration of mediumship. Did you no, know? I didn't watch
0: it.
1: No. So I posted. I'll go that. now. I'll
0: watch. it now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's the first and last time I was doing it. I was on platform in a in a in a room with with lots of strangers, and I wasn't intending to do it. And uh, it's not something I'm trained in necessarily. But I had this surge of energy and I kind of put my hand up to go up and and demonstrate. And um, first up there, didn't really know what I was doing. But as soon as I got there, I was kind of extending into this vibrational field. So I felt different. And in doing so, I connected in with the people in the room. Now, as a medium, people would say you're connecting in with a deceased relative. That may be the case, but I have no evidence for that. I'm, I'm a scientist, so I can only work with what I have evidence for. Mm-hmm. The only evidence I have is that I was able to connect in with something that allowed me access to information and it was access to the information of a lady at the back of the room who I obviously didn't know um I was able to get information like i I had pain in my my right foot and so I knew that she'd hurt her foot I had this image in my mind of her standing at the bottom of a staircase at a wedding complaining that she um, couldn't wear her nice shoes and she had two boys with her and um she 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 had her, her foot and I said well this is kind of like six weeks ago exactly six weeks ago she said I could see her boys um blonde boys I said their ages absolutely right their their months of their birth I could sense her husband now his name had been with me we're talking about precognition earlier his name had been with me for 24 hours now I wasn't intending on getting on that stage Mm. but for 24 hours I'd had the name Clive I've never met anyone called Clive I just had the name Clive in my head it was going on and on and on on a loop and so it happened again when I was on the stage I was like who's Clive and she was like oh my god that's my husband so I knew that Clive was having an influence on her energy, on her life at that time. I felt like she was very depressed, very heavy. I felt like they were having a split. And I was getting access to all this information through images, like movies through my mind. I could feel it in my body. I could sense it. I just knew it like I know your name's Kathy, you know, uh, and um, somehow that information is, you're able to, Yeah, you know, I didn't know that before I kind of connected in with this energy level. So yes, I believe that we're all able to do that, but we have to learn the skill to, you know, rise our vibration, expand out so that we can connect in with what some might say the collective unconscious or, or, or you know, whatever we want to term it, um, connect into that kind of archive, that database of information.
0: So how does one begin to start, tapping into raising their vibration because you hear Um, this all the time high vibe this this right it's all my even my daughter she's 16 and she's like oh we're vibing because it's just these trendy words right but (laughs) but literally how does one raise their vibration
1: well if I forget to come to that Tell me to come back to that because let me tell you first why it's important to be able to do that. Okay. And it links in with what we were saying earlier. So if we're made of energy, if we've got an energy body as well as this physical body, it's not that it's necessarily as an outer layer, it's within us as well. So you asked me a question earlier about illness and you know, kind of manifesting illness. And what is very apparent is our thoughts influence our energy. Mm -hmm. the kind of vibrational field. So when we are um, stuck in thinking negative, unhappy, unhealthy thoughts, when we're focused on our traumas, um, when we're taking ourselves into the past, then we're connecting in with the vibrational energy, with the vibrational field of those emotions. Mm -hmm. And you can very much, when when you learn to tap into that, You can very much feel it. You know, you must know if you've walked into a room, you can feel it if someone's had an argument. You can feel the change of energy. You can feel it if somebody that you know is in a mood or, you know, we're we're sensitive to some of these things. Um, And so if you kind of put your hands on someone and get them to connect in with themselves and think about um, an unhappy time in their lives, you can literally feel the energy sinking. It gets um, uh, kind of more compressed and it's heavy and it's, it's not just on the surface, it's in the body. And that's where, um, I believe we can manifest our illnesses from, but conversely, if we, can I just stop you
0: there? So if you're constantly trapped in that loop, that negative loop, you believe, well, and I believe too, that you can manifest illness based on just being trapped in that loop. Correct. That's what you're saying.
1: Okay. Yeah, because you're stuck in that cycle. You can't, you can only, you're, only you're, you're stuck in that energy field. And so, you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, everything's in line with that, that vibrational energy that you're generating. In the same way, if you're able to shift your awareness and focus in on um, uh, a happy time in your life, you know even just thinking about that you know the it's lighter isn't it the energy that is lighter than a heavy you know there's there's a reason behind all these sayings you know the weight of the world was on their shoulders you know i i could i my legs were buckling weren't they from underneath me i was carrying too much emotional heavy emotional stuff Mm -hmm. but once we're able to kind of rise above that and connect in with a higher vibrational frequency of love, of happiness, of joy, then our energy field expands out. And that's where we kind of want to get into in order to be able to access our more intuitive sides, to be able to access the information that we were talking before. Now you were asking how we do that. And very much is being able to become aware, first of all. So we spend And I suspect you do, Kathy. We spend a lot of our time in our thinking mind. We're stuck in our heads. We have thoughts going over. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Um, We're pre-planning ahead. We're concerned about something that may or may not happen or we might get pulled into something that's gone on in the past. So so long as we're in our head generating all of that energy, we're disconnected from our body and we're disconnected from our from our energy bodies. Um, on a conscious level, we, it's still there, it doesn't disappear, but we're, we're living on autopilot. We're just kind of repeating the familiar, we're just going on and on over, we're kind of bringing our past into our present and then into our future. So what we need to learn to do, and meditation is very much the key to this, is we need to be able to learn to to sit and be with ourselves. So often we try to do things to move away from pain, we try to move away from what's happening in our lives. We might. Eat, or we might over-exercise, or we might drink, or we, you know, we might cause an argument because we like that adrenaline. We like, you know, we we kind of, we're pulled towards the familiar. And so, um, what we need to do is step outside of that because you need to be at a different level from what you've from the level you created your problems you need to be in a different state of mind and that needs to be out of the thinking mind and into the observing mind so it's very much a, a training it's an exercising of a muscle of awareness so that we can shift out of the thinking mind into the Awareness into the observing mind, and the way we can start doing that is by becoming more mindful, more aware of the present moment. So, um, there's a whole load of stuff about mindfulness out there lots of apps, things like that. So, well, that's
0: why I had to stop watching the news when this whole yes. pandemic started. I find that I'm so much more connected to myself now because of those things. I started med- making a conscious effort to meditate every day, control and control what went into my mind, and control. Again, my control freakishness mm-hmm. that I was
1: love the word control then that's been used <laughs> every time. I know I
0: have an issue with control. I know. But I have to because I was protecting my mind, I was protecting my family, I was I just felt that need and in order to do so I would I, I cut myself off from the news because whenever I would hear anything, I felt the anxiety building in my body.
1: Of course. I mean, what you were doing there is you were consciously choosing, not controlling. Consciously choosing. Oh, I like that better. Thank <laughs> you, Amanda. <laughs> consciously choosing to refocus your awareness on how you wanted to be, and that's what we all need to do. Rather than get pulled into, you know, living in uh, autopilot. Living in autopilot also means. You know, when we're watching TV, we need to be aware, you know, often in TV, we get pulled into a meditative state where we become more suggestible. Mm. And so therefore, whatever it is we are connecting in with, what we're consuming on the TV um, is, is kind of bypassing, it's, it's going into our, uh, our subconscious. And like I said earlier, whatever we're thinking, we're experiencing in the body, the brain doesn't know the difference between what's actually happening to us. You know, if you're watching the riots on TV or whatever, you know, that's evoking an emotional response. The brain Mm -hmm. doesn't know that you're not in those riots. And so therefore, you're going to be experiencing in your body what you would actually be experiencing if you were there. And so you have the angst, you have the fear, you know, you're connecting in with all of that. So actually, I think what you've done is a really, really healthy, helpful thing, which is to step back from that. It's not by it's not being ignorant. You know, you can... No, I I check in when I need to... A, a, Have
0: awareness. A, we needed to do that, and we needed to focus on what made us feel good. And also, when I went to Tony Robbins, that was his. um You went as well, right? I went to Tony Robbins, yeah. And he—that's what he does with um with priming your body every morning to get into a certain state, so that you are walking in in that emotion that evokes all those wonderful, grateful feelings, and that's the state that you're carrying. Out into the world, but I'm finding now it's a little bit harder to separate the environment. So mm-hmm. I, I prime myself in the morning. I do my meditation. I'm still getting stuck on well, and maybe stuck is not the right word, but I'm having a challenge holding on to that vibration. So I start in that peak state. I'm happy. I'm grateful. I journal. I'm, and then it, I still get triggered is that mm-hmm. that's normal is it not Absolutely how do we so how do we bring ourselves back when we're triggered like quicker
1: <laughs> uh, firstly um i really want to say let it be <laughs> this is my conversation earlier um no, I think it's becoming aware. Everything literally pulls into a sense of awareness. So the the more present you are in your life, the more aware you become of what it is that's actually triggering you to revert back to what it sounds like is a fear state that you're, that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's very likely to be something either internal or external. So it could just be a thought that you've connected in with, it could be something on the TV that's triggered a, a thought, you know, it starts, it always starts somewhere. And so by having an awareness of that, then you can look to change it, you know, but equally, there are some things that we can't change, like we can't change the fact that COVID's here right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we can only change and adapt to it, and and look at how we respond to it. Um, I've got my. So that's
0: that's okay, because I wanted to ask you. I before we started recording, I spoke about this. You had a. So you were afraid to come out as a psychic in your field, correct? Because yeah. of any backlash you might be getting from the scientific community. Yeah and then so i find a lot of people now are trapped in fear and they need to make change and we need to move forward and adapt and be different than what we're used to mm-hmm. and you you posted on instagram there's different levels of change so i'd like you to take everyone through that because i think that's really so my first question is how so we need to be aware of the fear how do we after we've addressed the fear, how do we then move through the change without falling back into fear? Is that too much of a question? Sorry.
1: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but I think they're two separate things. So the, the model that I posted on Instagram was very much a, a process that we go through, There's stages of change in order to kind of complete the process. Um, whereas what you're asking there is very much how do how do I keep going? How do I maintain a focus, an awareness of where I want to be, where I want yes, to kind of travel towards? Uh,
0: this time last year, I m- gave myself the intention or I declared to myself, I decided, I intended that this year would be my year of growth. And it has been a huge year of growth. But in my mind, it was a year of, I wanted it to be a year of growth in my business. It was, and it wasn't because I started the podcast. I did different things, but in my mind, I visualized it a certain way. So now I have to deal with that, you know, that evolving model of what could be. And sometimes I find that we're so um, focused on the outcome being a certain way that it keeps us from changing. Does that make
1: sense? Yes, it does. It does. Absolutely. And I think I think you've actually just answered your question in in what you've stated is that when (laughs) when we overly focus on the outcome specifically, then we we become, I'm sorry to say, quite controlling over that outcome. We kind of lose the flexibility that we potentially need to be able to adapt to our ever evolving environments because change isn't linear. And that's kind of what that model is that I was speaking. It's kind of a spiral. Um, You know, um, we we go through different stages, but we have to be open to the fact that we, we might need to begin again. And it's how we view that, you know, do we view ourselves as a failure or do we start the whole process knowing that it's not linear? We don't start from here and want the change to happen over there. You know, it's it's a process that we're going through, and it's ever evolving. We need to be able to allow ourselves the space to reevaluate where that outcome might be. So we need to have a we need to have an idea of our destination, but we might not have a map. But we know how that what that destination feels like. So for you, you wanted change to happen this year. What would it feel? What would it have felt last year when you were thinking it through? What was the feeling you imagined that you would have? It's the feeling that I have now. I haven't. The change change happened. It just didn't
0: happen the way I anticipated it to happen. And that's where I've learned that I need to be a little bit either more specific in my intentions (laughs) (laughs) because I think I left it, I was a little bit too obscure and vague because I said growth. I didn't really, I wasn't very specific on the growth and I did grow immensely this year, just not the way I had initially anticipated. Does that make
1: sense? It does. Yeah. And I think I think it's important to um, just to allow it to unfold, but also to, to have a part to play in that. Obviously, you need to be able to, you know, when I'm talking about the control thing, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, just think it through and let it go. Uh, you obviously have to have a part to play in that in order to generate it within within your life. But it's it's not holding on too tightly. Because if you're thinking about the feelings, if you're holding on, then you're creating quite a tight grip Mm. on what that outcome might be. And so bearing in mind what I said earlier about what you're generating from your thoughts, the feelings, Mm. it's actually the feeling body that helps us kind of generate things within our lives. And so um, that's why when you were talking earlier, um, the lady that you speaking to was on about letting go, because it's all about, the, the, that that feeling of of openness enables things to come in because you're you're open. I've to heard it. that before. I think I heard Oprah say that once
0: she wanted something so badly and she held on to it so tightly that she couldn't manifest it for herself because there was too much of a need or a desperation for that that outcome. Once she let it go, it came to her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you're restricting it. You're you, you, that's what you're generating. You're generating but Amanda, restriction. How do we do that? How do we let it go? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I'm coming back to being aware in the observing mind, you know, you need to be able to be in alignment with what it is that you're wanting to, to grow in your life, you know, you can't, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to pull a, a leaf off a, off a tree, you can't expect that that, that leaf isn't going to grow back, you need to uh, be able to get to the root of something in order to, to allow change to happen, allow it to um, unfold in a different way. And so you need to get to the root of what it is that that you're wanting and, and why you're wanting that to manifest in your life, why you're wanting that to generate in your life. Um, and so when we come back to the spiral that I was talking about, the, the mm-hmm. kind of model, I mean, that was generated some time ago, and it's based on... Um, like addictions it was it was generated in the 80s um by two researchers that were kind of observing people with alcoholism and looking at the the process that they go to go through for change and it helped kind of therapists understand you know and help them move through the stages of change so most people are in a pre-contemplation stage so that's the first stage and that's where we aren't even aware that we want a change to happen so um we're that's when we're running in autopilot like we kind of were talking about earlier and um we're either in denial or we don't believe it can happen or or whatever it may be or we're resisting change and we can often be stuck in that stage for for a long time and then we become aware that perhaps we want things to be different and often that's usually something big we don't we like the familiar we like to stay where we are as humans you know Mm -hmm. we kind of whether it's painful or not, we gravitate, we're conditioned to want to keep ourselves safe. And so it's hard to step out into change. And um, we kind of end up um, going over what we already know, which is why we tend to repeat cycles in our lives, you know. Um, But don't you find
0: that you keep repeating the same cycles in your life, but then this is a little bit woo-woo, but I... I'm just going to do (laughs) okay. I'm going to go off a little bit, but I remember something was repeating and repeating, and I remember saying to my husband, "I'm like, we need to learn something here," Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and we just weren't learning the lesson until it came like a two by four and hit us over the head. Like, when (laughs) do you believe in that? Do you believe that you know you need to make a change and learn, learn and move, and if
1: you don't, then forces will come to force you to that. Does that make sense? Hundred percent. Like I was telling you earlier, I didn't listen to the fact I wasn't looking after myself. And what happened to me? My legs were taken from me. I couldn't walk. I couldn't function. I was, I was in a room. I had to have a darkened room. I couldn't even turn the handle on the door at one point. It was like I had arthritis all through my body. I had to shut out the world um, visually, auditorily. I couldn't I couldn't stand noise in order to listen, to wake up to stop, to stop going out there and helping everybody else, to come back to me. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I had no choice. If that hadn't have happened, I'd have carried on doing what I was doing.
0: Do you think that, oh, I lost my train of thought. Okay. So let's come back then to the change. So we're in denial. We... Then where do we go?
1: So then we move, we can shift into the contemplation stage where we're aware that pota- potentially we would like some change to happen, but maybe we're not ready to act on that yet. So, um, so that's like
0: someone maybe not loving their job and thinking of moving, but they're still so happy. They're comfortable. They're making money. They're good where they are. So they're not ready to make the big leap into the entrepreneurial world. for instance. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah, absolutely. And so or it could be the fact. So that would be like there's a push and a pull. So the pull maybe isn't strong enough. They're OK as they are. Or smoking. You know, like, I don't yeah. want to quit
0: smoking because it's fine. I'm not sick or whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Um So that's different to the pre-contemplation stage because they wouldn't even believe that the, that they could get sick from smoking. Oh, okay. You know? So the contemplation is I should stop smoking, mm-hmm. but I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then... Uh, when most people stay in that stage for for quite some time you know we we don't really want change to happen we're often very resistant at the beginning and so we we might kind of move between the pre-top contemplation contemplation will kind of stay there for a while and it usually takes something big like we were talking about to push us into push us out of that stage and into uh, the preparation stage so this is where we're kind of preparing for step for for change. We're thinking, okay, so um, maybe I could go and um, uh, look up how to stop smoking. Maybe I can go and find a hypnotherapist. Maybe I can uh, choose to buy a box of ten instead of a box of twenty, or whatever. You know, we're we're kind of preparing for the change ahead and in order to this this often all depends on where what kind of mode we're in as well because remember that what i didn't come to earlier was that that change often activates our fight or flight response because we want the familiar we want to stay where we are. So we're getting pushed out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So at this stage, the contemplation and the preparation stage, it can be very different for people depending on where they are in that fight or flight response, where, how the fear is manifesting in their lives. And I've actually noticed there's often quite a link between because we all we're all kind of predetermined. We all have a, a predetermined um, way of managing change, way of dealing with fear. Um, and it relates to the fight or flight response, fight, flight, freeze. And so some people will, will fight change, you know, like you've only got to know with all these demonstrations, you know, some, some people will fight it and they will fight it. And often, um, those people are, are pr- prone to anger within their lives, you know, personality wise. And that that's the energy level that they're kind of emanating from. Other people may, um, uh, avoid, uh, change. So they're in the freeze state of the fight or flight response. And so there'll be the people that um are more likely to get depressed. You know, they'll they'll want to it's too much. They'll they'll get overwhelmed. They just want to lie lie in bed and, and hide. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've got the flight response, which are um often where we flee into our heads and we've got the overthinking and those are people that are often more prone to anxiety. Mm. And so um all of these factors kind of it ha, kind of have a part to play in the change cycle as well. So in order to be able to work through the cycle of change, we need to be able to, going back to what I said earlier, shift into our observing mind so that we're connected more within ourselves so that we're aware of the way we habitually respond to these situations so that we don't then revert back to our old conditioning. Does but that make sense? Yes, it does. But can I
0: ask... If we tap into our intuition, but we're in a state of fear, how do we listen to our intuition? Is our intuition then wrong?
1: Um, no, so the whole, the whole process, so before you can kind of hear your intuition, you need to be able to go into the observing mind, but that's kind of like the, the first stage, as it were. You would find it very difficult. Remember, the fear is in the body. It's Mm -hmm. the body that's generating the sensations that tell you you've got fear. Mm -hmm. Like, How do you know you've got fear? You know because your heart's going. You know because you've got the knotting in your stomach or, you know, your your clammy hands, you've kind of got this kind of uh, response going on physiologically. I can't even speak physiologically and biochemically that's telling you, oh, wait a minute, this is fear. Now, when you're in the observing mind, you're shifting out of the body and the more you practice the more you're able to do that. And it's almost like you're alongside yourself. So you're not connected in with those emotions. So you can't truly connect in with your intuitive self whilst you're fully in, in fear. your bodily self. And in I, fear. I see. So really
0: you're tapping into your intuition after you've moved through those stages and you are more aware and you've released that fear and you've released that anger and you've released, or you're observing, you're observing. Yeah, I
1: would say the fear, you, it can coexist. Um, okay. So you can be aware of the fear and why it's there and what it, what purpose it's serving, but you don't have to identify with it. You don't have to get pulled into it. So that's the kind of, that's where the observing mind can be really helpful. It's it's a bit like, you know, you've got the fly on the wall with you. They're not, they're, they're a, or the camera, you know, they're not getting influenced necessarily by what's going on, but they're able to learn from it. And that's why it can be really helpful to be able to, to, to have that shift. And when you can do that, then you can move in from the preparation stage um, to action stage of change. So this is where you know change is really starting to happen for you. So perhaps you um, you've you started reducing your smoking. I don't know why we've ended up on I don't on know, this know how we ended up there <laughs> example. But <laughs> well, let's just okay. So we've.
0: we've <laughs> We're in action, but then we pick up a momentum, correct? But then how do we move? If we're in action, we're, we have a momentum, we're moving forward.
1: Why do we go back to old habits? Um, because, because, again, like I said, before we get pulled into the familiar. So like you were talking before about triggers, you know, sometimes it can just take something little, uh, a thought internally, something happening externally that is almost, the way I see it, it's almost like challenging us. Are you are you really serious? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and what we need to be able to do is have a commitment to to repetition. We have to keep doing it again and again because in order for us to have developed whatever it is that we wanted to move away from the only the only reason it's there is because we've conditioned ourselves to it. We've repeated it time and time again for it to become a part of our lives and it, for it to kind of go from the conscious mind into the unconscious mind and it becoming a conditioned response, it becoming automatic, us living on autopilot in that old way of being. And so in order for change to stick, we need to consciously go through the same process. So we need to consciously remind ourselves that this is what we're wanting. We need to consciously be doing, thinking, feeling those same things that are in alignment with that new future that we're wanting to create. And so that over time, the way I like to explain it to my clients is very much, you know, it's like a river. You know, we've got a river, which I'm actually talking about, like the the neural connections in the brain. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got these, everything's been fired and wired and it's got this route that... Um, it's automatically get going down each and every time mm-hmm. and so we need to redirect that like a river and so this riverbed it's been etched out over years and we're used to doing it and so it can very easily get redirected back into that river it doesn't take much we just if we, if we come out of awareness if we get focus in get pulled into our environment to what's going on around us then we can find we go down that same river But if we stay conscious, we stay aware, we observe what's happening, then we can redirect it back down the new pathways and we keep firing and wiring the new pathways and eventually, over time, the old one dies out. Does that make sense? Yes, and I've read
0: somewhere that it takes... Something like 66 days for the brain to rewire. Is that like, there? there's all these things. You know, because I am type A, Amanda, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so I need, you know, how long do I need to do this to make specific changes? And then I reach that end date and I will... How it done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're gonna find different numbers because we're all different. Right. And you know, I don't I don't know of any research that's specifically stated, you know, people like oh you need 28 days to make a habit, you need this, da, 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 I've da. heard 66 and then I
0: heard somewhere 128 and then it just <laughs> thought,
1: you know what what
0: is going with what, what is the number? Just tell me the number, but it's yeah. okay. Yeah, let go of the
1: number. <laughs> yeah so it takes commitment you have to really want this Mm -hmm. and you have to keep focusing in on that on the energy around that the emotions around that in order you know of that end result in order to take yourself in that direction um rather than kind of driving home as it were you know Mm -hmm. um and so yes so also that takes us into the next stage which is maintenance which we've kind of basically covered which is you know during that maintenance stage we have to maintain everything that we um were doing in order to formulate the change in in the first place and that takes a lot of self-belief actually and a lot of energy in order to continue because we are faced by some of these challenges that are kind of you know do you really want this um let's pull you back to to who you are and um the the difference between the next stage is whether you exit the cycle which would be change has happened and you never look back again i.e i don't smoke i'm a non-smoker now and it, it doesn't even enter my mind anymore or i'm
0: <laughs> a i'm an entrepreneur or i'm a an athlete or whatever it could be right you've made you've decided to make or i am thriving in the pandemic could be any of those things
1: Could be any of those things, (laughs) but remembering what I said at the beginning of the cycle, we go into this cycle, and the best mindset to go into the cycle is that it's a spiral. So for you, you were talking about I need an end goal, I need to make sure I can get there, I need to know when I'm going to get there. That's very linear, Um, whereas the, the 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 spiral is we might not necessarily exit it now. It might mean that we relapse. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, because it's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. And it's what we believe about ourselves in that moment as to what happens next. You know, do we move back into the pre-contemplation stage and go into denial and pretend, oh, well, I didn't want to stop smoking anyway. It's not a big deal. What's going on, you know? Or um, are we able to shift back into preparation, let's say? We might need to contemplate again. We might need to think about what it was that prevented us from being able to change, from being able to exit um, but then we just begin the cycle again and we need to be open to allowing ourselves the space to begin again. Because from each cycle we get learning, you know, we, we, we grow a little more, we get more experience. And, you know, change often comes from suffering. It comes from difficulty. That's how we're born, you know, into this world. And that's how we are able to connect in with a new way of being not saying you have to suffer in order for change to happen but from suffering we can gain growth and- i've heard that Do you know edith dr edith eager i believe no. is her
0: last name i don't know exactly i'll have to google it what her quote exactly but she said you need to feel in order to heal without yeah. going through those emotions of hate or suffering or in order to forgive you need to go through that and it's just very interesting how you need I feel like we need to give ourselves a little bit more grace too yeah that absolutely. it's not instant you know
1: change takes time and change, f- yeah I'm gonna say change definitely takes time but it takes it takes um self-compassion as well you know how we talk to ourselves is so, so important. It's often, I, do you know what? I don't even think there's a single client I've worked with that doesn't talk to themselves in a way that they wouldn't dream of talking to another person. I know.
0: I did a whole episode on that. The words you speak you? to yourself.
1: It's oh. the, I
0: know There's some of the things, and I've said this in a previous episode as well, that some of the things I say in my, to myself, in my own mind, I would never speak to my daughter like that.
1: no. No, and yet somehow it's okay to do it to yourself. And, and you, you seem to believe that that's going to help motivate you. Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's what she said to this woman. I, I have to buy her book. I'm going to link it. Um, but that's what she said. You need to come from kindness. And mm-hmm. I think in kindness to yourself is the first. Yeah. Absolutely. Amanda, what if, and having amazing friends like you and having people in your life that support and, and what can help guide you through some of the hardships as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But remember, um, if you're not connected in with yourself, it's very difficult to be connected in with another person. So we always must come to the self first. You know, being kind to yourself, being connected, being aware of your needs. Um, that whole, you know, analogy of the putting on the, the oxygen mask first, you know, mm-hmm. you need to be connected in with yourself. Know who you are, what your needs are, what your wants are, what your values are, what your boundaries are um, in order to be able to to be there for someone else, but also to allow them to be there for you. Otherwise, there's resistance.
0: Amanda, I could speak to you for, you know, the whole day.
1: <laughs> Bless you.
0: <laughs> I'm so grateful I can, I for you. In my, I'm so grateful for you in my life, and I'm so grateful that we met. Thank you so much for being here. I know we're a little bit. Uh, I wanted to be mindful of time, but just let everyone know if they if they want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, where can they find you?
1: Um, yes uh, thank you for having me as well it's been it's been lovely um, well I have a uh, website uh, www.thepsychicpsychologist.com um, but also I'm on Instagram and Facebook both of those are the the psychic psychologist. so um, you can find me there I'm, I'm more than happy to connect in with anyone that wants to well
0: thank you again so much Amanda
1: oh, so thank nice you. to see you and you thanks Kathy
0: well beauty that's a wrap thanks so much for listening to today's show if you have a second please rate review and hit subscribe don't forget to share a line and hustle with a friend for more information be sure to check out the podcast page at www.kathyspence.com podcast i hope to see you here again next tuesday talk soon